Hello, everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I am your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hey, guys. Today, we are talking about the season finale of season one, which is episode six, Hot Girl. In this episode, there is a visitor in the office. We see another side of Michael, and the Jim and Pam saga continues. I'd really say that the theme of this episode is getting to know the three main men in the office through their romantic abilities and desires. For sure. Um, They definitely all... Their, their personalities really come through in their interaction with this visitor. So, let's just get into that. Dive right in. We see very early in the episode that Pam comes in to talk to Michael and says, there's a somebody here, she wants to sell purses, can she do that? And I was like, no, 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 we don't need the distractions, which is ironic coming from Michael, obviously. <laughs> Very true. So he sends Pam out to send her away, and it is only until Michael sees the woman selling the purses that he changes his mind and goes out and talks to her. So this person, her name is Katie, is played by Amy Adams, which is a pretty high-caliber cameo for this show. It's it's crazy to see on a rewatch because there are... Many scenes uh, in this episode where where Steve Carell and Amy Adams are interacting, and now you would say those are two pretty big acting heavyweights. For sure, for sure. This is a show that doesn't get many cameos, really. Not until the later seasons. Right, and for this to be the first one is, if I mean, that's a pretty big name, and even the cameos they do get kind of stay in that... Uh, kind of like comedian realm, yeah. you know, somebody that would play not necessarily the lead, but kind of a supporting character in a Steve Carell movie, in a Paul Rudd movie, in sure. a movie kind of in well, those veins. And we'll discuss this later this episode. Amy Adams was definitely not a big name at the time that sure. this episode would have premiered, but it is really crazy to see the hindsight there. And Season seven is where we really get some heavy hitter cameos, I would say, um, because we get Will Ferrell as D'Angelo Vickers. We get all the, we get a Ray Romano, Jim Carrey, yeah. all those guys that come in to uh, interview for Michael's job. So that that's really the bulk of the big cameos, I would say. But, and this is just telegraphing an, another big cameo, I'd say even Idris Elba in season five is a big one. And that was post The Wire. For sure. So, you know, some some heavy, heavy hitters as far as actors are concerned. Right. So another thing I want to bring up here uh, is selling purses in an office. Like, That's is that a so thing? weird. Like, is it? Like, I've never seen anybody selling anything in any office I've ever worked in. I'm trying to take it back to 2005 and just think sort of pre 
social media explosion, so Facebook is in its infancy. If this is really a strategy that that would have occurred, and I'm having a hard time really wrapping my head around it. I know that like when I had jobs in high school, people would set out like Mary Kay and sell sort of stuff like that, but mm-hmm. it was never a I'm gonna come and just set up in this random workplace for the day. Yeah. I wonder how successful of a business model that is. Yeah, I I would say that the the most like the closest you ever see to that in my experience is when somebody brings in their kids like yeah, fundraiser like Girl Scout and is like, hey, you know, see what see if you want anything. Do we think she is making the purses or is she just a distributor? I would say she's a distributor. There's times when she is interacting with people in the office and especially in the scene where she is in her, she is trying to sell to Angela. She is saying like brand names. And stuff yeah. Like that. Okay. So not they're like made up brand names. Yes. But. but it's not like I spent however many hours trying to make this purse. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, just the, the first interactions we get with Katie are from Michael since he's the boss and it is so uncomfortable because he's so awkward around women and outside of his interaction with just the women in the office and with Jan this is our first this is our first view of Michael trying to woo someone and it is painful yes and it really fits in with the personality that we've already seen in that it is a constant effort to try and impress yes. Katie. He talks about himself a <laughs> lot. But not in like a, I did this and I do this and I've been here. Like, it's just he is, he's constantly, essentially, he's constantly bringing up the fact that he's the boss of the he's office. He's the boss. And he tries to connect on very odd things in a very odd way. So, people like coffee. She accepts a cup of coffee and he latches onto that in the weirdest way. As if they were, it's completely unique. That, yes. oh, I, you like coffee too? What? Like, I knew I saw a fellow addict right. and you're like, whoa, God, <laughs> you're just going to get her a cup of coffee from the kitchen. Right. So just very laborious uh, interactions and you can tell she's uncomfortable. You can tell Amy Adams is a good actress because you get her her cringing uh, internally uh, at that. For sure. So an episode of The Office would not be complete without some hijinks between Jim and Dwight. (laughs) So Jim really encourages Dwight to go and talk to Katie and to ask her out and really kind of harps on the fact that it is clear that Michael is interested, and that should not dissuade Dwight from pursuing yeah. Katie as well. Like he, he is Michael is the not your the boss of your life is, right. is something that he. I says. mean, Jim's actually like being a cheerleader for Dwight here. Yeah, and it, it he is very much towing that line in this interaction because. He really is providing some great advice for Dwight. Essentially, shoot your shot. You know, yeah. you you like this girl, give it a shot. Why not? But at the same time, he knows exactly how this is going to go. Yeah. So he is doing this for his own personal enjoyment. Yes. 
So Dwight tells the camera crew his checklist for what he looks for in women. And it's a pretty bizarre checklist. The purse girl hits everything on my checklist. Creamy skin, straight teeth, curly hair, amazing breasts. Not for me, for my children. The shroots produce very thirsty babies. And the entire time that he's saying this, all I can think of is maybe I was wrong that he's already with Angela. Be, or or maybe that was like a tiny seed planted in the writer's room and it didn't really germinate yet and we're not really sure and it's kind of a season two surprise. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he just really likes the little, little drummer boy. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Because we don't get any more interaction and later in the sequence, Dwight asked Katie out in front of Angela. Yeah. Angela's buying a purse from Katie and it is an uncomfortable scene because Dwight's not very socially advanced yeah Dwight's not very savvy with women either in general in general a special type savvy in general yeah it would take a special type of lady for Dwight's personality and Katie shoots him down yeah like right away no hesitation at all and so really that's Dwight's that's Dwight's game. We don't see anything else besides his agonizing with Jim mm-hmm. and his agonizing with Michael asking Michael's permission to ask out Katie. Right. <laughs> and this is even after the pep talk that he has with Jim about Michael not being the boss of his life and yet he still goes and Asks permission of Michael to ask out Katie. So that leaves us with Jim. And Jim is pretty much what you would expect from what we have seen from him thus far. He is much more confident and much more experienced, I guess, in interacting with women. What we have seen with how he interacts with Pam pretty much is what we see with his interaction with Katie just a very playful nature Mm -hmm. very flirty and of course in the end it works out yes and Jim almost had to be sort of goaded into asking Katie out I don't think he had any interest in her when she first walked into the office sure but the interactions between Pam and Roy sort of prompted him to ask her out. We never see him actually ask her out. We just see their interaction probably up to that point. Right. So let's back up a second. Everyone's at lunch. Jim is sitting with Pam and Roy. And Roy's commenting on how hot Katie is. Right. And if he wasn't dating Pam, he would so go after that. Super suave by Roy. Roy is just the worst. And Pam understandably gets upset because she's like, we're not dating, we're engaged. And they've been engaged two years at this point. Yeah. Three three years. Two or three years. Anyway, a longer time than may be necessary since it sounds like Roy is dragging his feet. And Jim doesn't want to say what his type is because his type is clearly Pam. Yeah. So he just jokes and said his type is moms, which is also very of the time, like mom jokes. Right. Sort of thing. But then 
Pam's talking to Jim at his desk, and Roy comes up at still at Jim's desk, kind of awkward, and and starts tickling Pam essentially to get her to forgive him for kind of being a jerk. Yeah. And that I think that literally prompts Jim to go talk to Katie. For sure, he gets up and is just uh, I can't be around this. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's a very much a microcosm of the relationship between the three of them in general. Jim was there for when Roy was a jerk to Pam. Mm -hmm. He says later that Pam is great to talk to, that she comes to him when she needs to talk about work Mm -hmm. or... She calls him a brother. Her relationship with Roy... And then he is, again, right there when he sees this very dysfunctional relationship kind of get mended with a Band-Aid. And he walks away in disgust because really he knows that Roy is not the guy for Pam. Yeah. And that this relationship, their relationship, is not a great one. So, yeah, he... Walks away, and yeah, I, I completely with, agree with you that he walks away and just like forget it. This I'm never going to be into that. So why not move on to? Yeah, why not try something else? Right. And Michael and Kevin kept trying to pit Pam and Katie against each other because that's just society. There can only be one woman, and they always if there's another woman, they always have to be fighting. And Pam was glad to have her because it made Michael go bother someone else for a while. Yeah. But then when she finds out that Jim and Katie are going to go on a date, she kind of acts awkward and jealous. And it's a foreshadowing of the Pam that we get in season three when Jim is dating Karen. It's the sort of clipped tone and short sentences and trying to keep it light, but kind of hurt still inside because she's clearly caught off guard and it doesn't sound like up until this point Jim has ever talked about a girlfriend a date brought anyone around and so Pam's always been able to have him to quote unquote herself do you think and I mean obviously we know we know where this goes and we know the the feelings that both people have do you think this is a this is Pam denying her feelings or this is Pam thinking that oh my brother quote-unquote brother my quote best friend is going away he hasn't he will have another woman in his life I think it's more of the former because Pam and Roy as we've talked about don't have a solid relationship There's nothing that's prompting her to get out of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And Jim is sort of a safe harbor, but she's not going to make the first move there. So it's, it's sort of an actually very terrible position that she's putting Jim in. Absolutely. Because she's allowed to have a relationship no matter how poor it is and to complain about it, but never do anything about it to Jim well, also, it just expecting that he will always be available for her. Yeah. And I 
I personally like love gym. Watching this takes me back to college and be like, oh, I just want a gym, you know. But also, it, you know, looking back at it as an adult, there are some things about about gym that's sort of passive a little bit too. For sure. One quick note, though, in an interaction between Jim and Pam, when Jim sends Dwight in initially to go talk to Katie, and it's just like, hey, if all else fails, just just buy a bag. Like if yes. things start to things <laughs> yes. start to stall, this buy a funny. bag. And then he goes over to Pam's desk and is just like, watch this, just watch. They do. They like they're just watching Katie and Dwight interact, but doing the like their Not conversation. But they switch the voices, so Jim does a high pitched girl voice whenever Dwight is talking, yeah. and then Pam will do a low pitched, kind of almost British accent voice when Katie's talking. Yeah, it's just a weird thing. I also love that Jim convinced Dwight to buy a purse if all else fails, saying that purses are like mini briefcases, and he read it in GQ. That was one of the easiest pranks that Jim has ever pulled on Dwight, I feel like. And for how tenuous their relationship is, this is Dwight like clearly looking up to Jim. That's a great point. In that, like, the interaction of just when... Jim's like, have you ever read, like, don't you, have you read GQ? And Dwight goes, no. <laughs> As if just like, no, I don't. I'm such, I'm a, such a loser. Yes. Yeah. So it, it really, it, so of course Dwight doesn't read GQ. And, and in later episodes, that question would probably be met with a lot more disgust from Dwight. Yes. Oh, well, for sure. My other, like, another great part of this episode is Michael essentially cornering Katie in to letting him give her a ride home. Yeah. (laughs) And then making Ryan help him clean out his disgusting car. Right. So let's just continue on with that. We'll head back to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about this episode. Real quick one off the top. As Angela is looking at the purses with Katie, you hear Katie ask her what her favorite color is, and she says gray. And that comes up several times um, over the course of, of The Office. In season three, when Dwight and Angela are kind of like somewhat secretly dating, he institutes a new dress code saying that women can only dress in muted colors such as gray with sleeves down to their wrists and, and neck, uh, high necklines. And that's exactly how Angela dresses. In season five, when Angela and Andy are planning their wedding, and Andy is the primary wedding planner, he calls the best tentist in New England and wants walls of gray. <laughs> and Angela's wearing an all gray outfit that day. So that's something they definitely co- uh, kept continuity with there. So... I was curious, when did Amy Adams' career take off? Because I didn't think it was until after this episode. But really, it was kind of almost about the same time, because her first Oscar nomination came in 2006 for the movie Junebug, which came out right around the time that Hot Girl premiered, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but really, she kind of did a lot of 
indie and small movies until Enchanted, Doubt, and Julie and Julia. So things started like really taking off um, from there. Two two Meryl Streep movies in there too, I might add. She has a real slow burn of a career because like you said, she had an Oscar nom around this time. I'm curious if this episode ended up being shot before that movie right. came out. It could have been. And that NBC was pitching, or not, excuse me, not NBC, obviously, but the, the creators were pitching this to networks. Mm-hmm. And so they got her before, you know, the Oscar nom. But she also was in Catch Me If You Can that before this. That was her this. biggest role. And then Talladega Nights was right, right around after. this time, too. Yeah. So she kind of pops up in things and you're like oh yeah that's right she was in this and that that's several years before her before that run of movies where she's you know kind of the main actress in it when i typed in amy adams into into google the third auto finish result was amy adams the office (laughs) which is kind of funny so that's all I have for the annex. Not not very much for this episode. We do see Toby again uh, for the first time since I want to say diversity. So we not a lot of uh, Paul Lieberstein um, in season one. Yeah, and just kind of a side note to that, they still haven't really developed the Toby Michael feud because there was an interaction with him and where. Michael is introducing Katie to Toby and Toby and Katie have this small connection that they potentially went to high school together. And like, so this is a time like just even before that happens, Michael, this is a time that Michael can absolutely just destroy Toby and just downplay him and insult him. Like he does with any other reaction interaction that he has with him throughout the later seasons. But he really is, is, it is kind of a cordial thing where it's just like then, and this is Toby, Toby, this is Katie. But then he brings up his divorce. But not in a, not in the way that he would have later. Like Toby's, like, this, this is, is Toby, he's the worst. This was, right, like this was, he brings up her his divorce in a way to head off the connection that Katie and Toby are having at that I moment. I guess that's true. That's true. It was only because he started talking to Katie and Michael's insecure. Right. Right. That's true. Do you have a Dundee Award to give out? I do. The Dundee for Best Apology goes to Roy <laughs> because, I mean, hey, if you can get your fiancé to like you again after you said that you would be all over a girl right in front of her if you they weren't dating and then just get away with it by just starting to tickle her again, hey, you got it made. Good job. Good job, Roy. That's terrible. Why are you applauding that? I'm not applauding that. It was tongue in cheek. Okay. I'd be so. You would be sleeping on the porch if that happened. Deservedly so. (laughs) Do you have a Dundee to give out? I do. The Dundee Award for Guest Appearance by a future Oscar nominee. Obviously goes to Amy Adams. But then I had to catch myself. I'm pretty sure that Kathy Bates is an Oscar nominee. Idris Elba probably is as well. And they pop up in later seasons. So that's a premature Dundee, perhaps. Sure. But 
Dundee for season one. Right. Um, who was your employee of the month? My employee of the month was Jim because I was just proud of him for asking out a girl that wasn't him. That's fair. And, and for, for borderline helping Dwight. Yeah, for just kind of having an all-around solid episode and for showing more tact uh, than than Michael and Dwight with, with a woman. Yeah, very true. Who's your employee of the month? Uh, my employee of the month is Ryan because he <laughs> appears to be the only person working in this episode. Uh, he Also true. When... Michael is going to show Katie around and introduce people, her two people. He's like, hey, Ryan, can you watch the purses real quick? And he's just like, hey, I'm in style. I'm installing a file share on this computer right now, actually. He's like, yeah, no big deal. Just go ahead and Techno do it. Techno babble. Right. And then, as you mentioned earlier, he is a real trooper when he goes out and helps Michael clean out his car. But he does it in a very so gross. He does it in a very Ryan way, where he's constantly like, "Do you want to save this thing? <laughs> yes. Do you want to save this thing? Yes. Do you, you want to save, save this, this empty thing? bottle of cologne? <laughs> no, I don't. So, um, yes, Ryan was my employee. That's a good one. I didn't really notice any firings. Not this episode. No, there were a couple of very borderline right. ones. Um, Michael. The the Pam 2.0 or Pam 6.0 comment where he says that Katie is a new and improved version of Pam yeah. could be taken pretty poorly. Yeah. When Jim and Roy and Pam are all having lunch and Roy's, you know, asked Jim, is like, oh, do you think, what do you think of her? And Jim's just like, eh, he's all right. She's all right. Roy just straight up goes, what, are you gay? Yeah, I didn't think about that one. So, but yeah. also, uh, not great. I don't think fireable, but definitely not great. Not great. So, with no firings this episode, that brings our final tally for the season of Michael leading the way with three firings, <laughs> which in six episodes is pretty impressive. <laughs> Uh, Todd Packer gets fired once in the only time that we see him. I'd say a one for one. Kelly gets fired, and we haven't seen her since that episode, right. so she potentially <laughs> actually may have gotten fired. Also a one for one. Uh, Jim got fired once, and Dwight got fired once. Oh, man. So, not surprising that Michael led the way. He <laughs> probably will most seasons. Very much so. So, that is the end of season one. Not really your typical season finale or no. season of a television show in general. We there's not really any plot. No, there's there's no plot, and we will definitely see a big difference between this season and season two, and quite frankly, even season two to season three. Right, and honestly, with it being a comedy. That's not all that uncommon. I mean, mm -hmm. most comedies don't really have a plot. There may be a an event or something that is common through, say, yeah. three to four episodes, but there's nothing really running throughout an entire season in a comedy. So yeah, 
yeah, this isn't The Sopranos or Game of Thrones where we're tracking characters and plot lines and things like that. Right. So it is not really surprising to see a season finale like this episode where really this could have been the third episode of the season and it wouldn't have really made any difference. But I will say that we do get more like cliffhanger type episodes in the season finales going forward as to how the story will continue to to develop the season two cliffhanger is a big one yeah so there'll be an actual sort of beginning middle and end to to a story right so that pretty much does it for season one yeah i'm Uh, excited for the next episode it's a really good one yes it is it is another classic office episode One that we should get a good episode of this out of. Mm -hmm. So thank you for joining us for season one. Be sure to follow us on just about every podcast platform there is. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're hosted through Anchor. So you can listen to us through the site. Also, be sure to follow our Twitter account, which is at DownsizingPod, to get all the updates for all the latest episodes. So thank you guys for listening to Season 1, and we will see you in Season 2. See you guys. Bye.